Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, Legit Batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my god, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible. No, read it like that the whole time. No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support <laughs> awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes. Oh, yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like s- sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend. Or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit. Actually, that could be said without the radio voice. Oh. Well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. <laughs> but we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously. That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want laughs. We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But, I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny, too. No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but we don't have that. We are just excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you. I love Leia. I like sucking. Welcome to the show. I'm um, Joe. Jen's here. Ben's here. We're all here. And I was going to say, and we're queer in, in honor of Pride Month, but, you know, happy Pride Month. <laughs> but, but we're not. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so ooh, do we have any announcements? No. Uh, early show today. Just be, uh, We had to switch some stuff around and works out better for everybody, but we'll still have Planet Retard at five. Uh, ben, can you make that? I didn't talk to you about that. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and, okay and our guest today is monica and she goes by guru grit how's it going monica going very well glad to be here thank you so much of course so just start out uh tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and just the whatever you want to say about yourself i always let the guest introduce himself it's gonna be a very long introduction then because i'll never stop but Perfect. I'm, an, I'm an astrologer 
And I've been interested in spirituality since my early teens and, and much like spirit, uh, astrology as well. So it's one of those things I've just never stopped liking and enjoying. And then one thing led to another and I realized anybody can know about this and do this. And so everyone deserves to know how the world really works. And through the pandemic lockdowns where I live, they were quite extensive. I just kind of got too many questions from people in my circle who started referring other people. I thought I'm just gonna start putting it online. So one thing led to another and Guru Grit was born. But yes, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. So do you do readings? Is that your main thing? or Because mm -hmm. you have a, a day job, I'm assuming. Yes, I do. But I do. Uh, well, actually, the day job's quite recent. Prior to that, for a year and a half, I just did full-time astrology. So I do birth chart readings. People can ask questions. Most commonly, money and love. I think very popular topics. Women tend to ask about love. Men tend to ask about money. And sometimes they mix. Some Usually they don't. And that's about it. And then, you know, on the side, sometimes too, I'll host like Zoom meetings and talk to people about how to manifest things and discipline your mind, like very much based on the teachings of Neville Goddard and things like that. Awesome. So what do you, do you do like weekly forecasts or anything like that? Like, what do you see in the stars right now? Because I don't, I don't do weekly forecasts. I feel like so many people do it and they do it really well. I feel like I like to help people one person at a time. Um, it's a slower process, but it's very worthwhile. But you said, if there's anything happening right now, well, we're just coming out of an eclipse. We had an eclipse in May on the 16th in the sign of Scorpio, 25 degrees tropical. So if you have anything around there, it's going to affect you in a really big way. And then recently we had a new moon in Gemini. So a lot to do with communication plus Mercury, its ruler was retrograde. He's stationary right now, ready to go direct as Saturn moves backwards. So I think when these things kind of happen, there's a big shakeup. And because Gemini and Mercury have to do a lot with media and communication, I feel that we should hopefully be seeing some truths come to light. At least that's my hope for the world. So I think that's going to be a big theme and mercury also has to do with commerce and finance so maybe there will be some shakeup in that realm as well yeah i think we could all agree on that even if you aren't into astrology it looks yes. like not to take a massive shit uh <laughs> so my friend dan over at cosmic keys is an astrologer too and uh he does the weekly forecast thing but him and a lot of other people i've talked to see the fall as being like this fall being really significant for some reason mm -hmm. and then like March being significant too. Do you see that at all? So the eclipses basically work six months apart. So the eclipse happened in the sign of Scorpio. It was a total lunar eclipse and a partial solar eclipse in Taurus. And then the so November is the second half of that, where those their opposite signs basically the eclipse power will switch on those signs, but it will always happen in the same two signs in every eclipse season. So November should be quite interesting. Um, and then Jupiter, which also has a lot to do with travel and abundance and morality. He has a lot to do with like divine information, such as religion and our ethics. He will go uh, retrograde into his own sign. And then for, your friend said uh, spring of next year, uh, the nodes change signs again, which have a lot to do with our karmas and kind of like a collective destiny for the world. So we should definitely see some changes then again. I mean, just constant change. But I want real change. You know, I want it to stay. So we'll see. So how specific can you get with like forecasts or with the like the natal charts like you were saying? Because we I, I think you did one, right? I went onto a website and put in my, you know, approximate birth date and all that shit. But 
I don't know how to read any of that, so it didn't really do me much good, so, which is, I'm assuming that's where you would come in, because they're like, oh, you were born on this day, and this planet was in this house, and like I have no idea what any of that means, so how do you interpret those? Okay, so you first ask how specific can you get? On a global level, I feel like you can get pretty specific with mundane astrology, which has been used to predict really incredible things, like uh, uh, the invention of trains. Um, nuclear power is another one. Uh, once the outer planets were discovered, even retroactively, we're looking back on a lot of those things. But something like um, Uranus rules uranium and Pluto rules plutonium and they're you know, elements in the atomic bomb. So you can look back to see when those were tested, when those were dropped. So things of that nature. And so in the coming you know, months to next few years certainly changes, I think, in how we finance in the world. In terms of people, you can get really specific. But one thing I have to really stress is the answer will only be as potent as the intention of the question. So one thing that's never advised for astrologers, it really goes against their dharma and their good energy that they're trying to accumulate, is to entertain people who are trying to psych you out. So if someone comes and this kind of this can happen when people are like, this is stupid. If this worked, everybody would be rich. Like, tell me when I'll get rich. And it's like, no, you can't test me. I'm just the messenger. You can't like poo-poo on the vessel. Like I'm just doing the bidding of something so much bigger out there. It's like humble work, you know? They actually, some people believe you can never prosper from astrology. You can exchange money for a service, but it's not meant to prosper you. If you're a prosperous astrologer, it's probably because you teach or write books or something. But in terms of specific answers, you must have a really strong desire when you ask the question. You must really want to know it. So there's actually something called a horary chart or prashna chart, which doesn't require birth information at all. And this was really popular in Europe. I mean, there was a master astrologer by the name of William Lilly centuries ago. And this worked wonderfully. Basically, the minute that you ask the question, you're called the querent, the astrologer casts the chart and can answer your question based on the time that you asked the chart. And this is extremely useful if, you know, back in those days, a lot of people weren't probably literate or cared about such things. So they didn't have, unless they had like a family Bible, they would record when, what time you were born. You're probably delivered by a sibling or by a neighbor or something like that. Um, so that was extremely useful in answering questions. So if you want you know, a very simple yes or no answer, like should I travel on this day or should I go meet that person for coffee? Are they gonna treat me good? You know, And you don't know their birthday and it's very creepy to be like, hey, we just met, but my astrologer told me to ask for your birth time before I like consider seeing you. You might wanna cast a horary chart to get your answer, but you must like really wanna know the answer. So you can get very specific. There are some people um, that I've heard of, I haven't had the privilege of having them read for me. If I could, I would fight anyone to the front of that line. Who can predict what will happen in your life to the very day? Like the day you will retire, the day you will meet the person you marry. Generally, you get like, let's say, a window of time. You'll get like two to three month window for like something like that. Interesting. So when you look back at like historical events, like uh, maybe like 9-11 would be an easy one. Did Have you ever looked into those specific days where crazy shit happens and looked at what the stars were like just to kind of like. Yeah, because it's, what, it's, curious, it's like a curiosity. That. What do you see? You OK, so uh, one thing that's interesting to me right now and many people, especially who practice like Western astrology will be. Pluto is experiencing what's known as Pluto return, which is when a planet comes back to the point where it started as transit. So Pluto's orbit is like, I think it's 234 years. It's, it's a long time. And so um, basically America was formed 
when he started his orbit. And now they're saying, now that he's coming back, you can see collapses of empires when you trace these things back. But what's really interesting is you don't have to go far back, like 200 and plus years. You can look to something like the influence of these planets, uh, like the early 80s. So starting with the early 80s, you had the AIDS epidemic. And then when you went into the 90s, you had like war in the Balkans. And then when you went into the early 2000s, you had 9-11, war in Iraq. And then you can just kind of like skip ahead like every 12 to 18 years. And you just basically, you just pick a planet and just decide, pick a place, pick a planet, pick an event. And you can start tracing things backwards to see how they line up. And nine times out of 10, they will line up. And it's honestly not even, um, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think every person in power has an occultist in their cabinet or behind the scenes. They surely must have an astrologer. Astrologers were like reputable you know, people in society a few hundred years ago, if you didn't know astrology, you were not considered an educated person for most of history. So every king, emperor, tsar, whatever, would have someone telling them what to do, when to do it. I don't know why they hide it now. It's like they don't want everyone knowing they have some kind of leverage. But like a really popular example is Ronald Reagan. Nancy Reagan had a famous astrologer. She wouldn't let him do anything without consulting this woman and apparently one time they're about to board a plane and this astrologer called and said wait 20 minutes like just don't do it and apparently they averted some like horrific disaster so i definitely think that um it's funny that you mentioned 9 11 because i remember sitting in high school i was in like home ec class we were making like a sponge cake or something <laughs> and the principal came on the pa system i was 15 years old and he said um just this is just announced like it's something terrible has happened on the news. George W. Bush, you know, president of the United States has announced that they're going to war to Iraq or something like that. And I remember just like kind of mixing this cake and I just the first thing that came to my head, I was like, oh, Mars went into Aries. Like Mars is the planet of war and his own sign. And I literally just knew, like just went down my spine. I was like, they planned it. They picked the date. They picked the date to do that because they wanted to be like whatever, you know, destructive and et cetera. So yeah, I think the more you look through history, the less you see anything happening by accident and more like deliberately so. So you can just be deliberate about your own life and claim your power. Isn't that much more fun? Yeah, that um, I always wondered that, like if they're if it's planned based on certain days or if it's because of the alignment on that day that it happens, it's kind of a chicken or egg type of thing. Like yes. do these I mean, we we uh, talk about conspiracies and shit, and I think the government and ruling elite, a cabal, whatever. So, like you said, they probably all have astrologers, or they all are astrologers. So, which one do you think it is? Do they plan it on certain days, or does it just happen because it was meant to happen that day because of where the planets were? In a sense, I think it's both. I think that the average person, like yourself and myself, yourselves and myself, we would think it just happened to us because we are under the narrative that we're powerless. Whereas those people see potential. They're like, hey, this is going to be a really hard time. How do I profit? How do I make it work for me? Because there's so much potential when things go wrong. And then they can kind of plan ahead at the same time, um, considering this as something that's not reputable or it's kind of silly. A friend of mine said yesterday, she's using astrology to gamble. And actually, she just messaged me. She won over $600 today. And she was like, do you think like a, a third friend of ours said, well, what happens? Like, do you think one day they'll have some kind of AI or some kind of algorithm where they stop astrologers from using these things to profit and to get ahead in life? Kind of like they do with card counting. And we both kind of like laughed and we're like, no, it's because 
it's something women like and generally they just think it's like silly and goofy or you're like spiritual or you're a nutcase and not they're not going to care but i think that's why they do it is because they secretly use it but they don't want you to know that they use it so i think they definitely use it to plan and um, one of my favorite people the late jordan maxwell said these people are many things but stupid isn't one of them so i think they have astrologers that they use more so than that they are i think there's a karmic backlash to the misuse of a spiritual practice but if you pay someone for their services you can run rampant and do whatever you want with with the schedule that they give you like it's called electional astrology you pick the day to marry some people even pick the day they want to give birth and they try to conceive desperately nine months prior to give that child like an amazing birth chart right so I think everything, you can look as far as you like into the future, into the past. So, I mean, if you had that many resources at your disposal, they are probably just uh, using astrologers to plan. Like they're playing, they're playing chess, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I do think that um, they have the elite, what, whoever they are, we don't know who they are. They're definitely not named in our society right the now. I don't ones. think. Yeah. But I definitely think they have something like astrology, witchcraft, spiritualism, all of those things. That's why it's silly to us. That's mm. why it's made to be silly in the media because they're using it and they're like, well, if people want to use it, they don't really know what they're doing. I do think though, that if, if it became very prominent in our society today, in our little, you know, our little downtrodden society, not the elites, but us, our general selves, I think they would find a way to make it banned. They would mm -hmm. say it's misinformation or something like that. They would just ban it or just, I don't know if they'd outlaw it, but they just stop writing books or slowly remove it from papers and things like that. If it can be censored, it will be. Yeah. Yes, they will definitely. So like the 70s, there's a famous uh, astrologer by the name of Linda Goodman, who released a popular book called Sun Signs. And so this is basic. And actually, even in that time, a lot of like people came from India to teach like Vedic astrology. And I think we're experiencing like a renaissance in this day and age. Like we're really experiencing a lot of people coming to the forefront, saying that they're astrologers, doing this good work or trying. And I think one of the things that happens that you can discredit something very easily in the age of information is just simply misinformation you just say oh that's yeah. entertainment well that's silly aren't you cute they want to like boop you on the nose like really condescendingly just being like you little dummy dumb dumb could you could have bought crypto and you're like oh you know <laughs> you can, like anything you do to make yourself feel better or enjoy life is somehow like comical to them um yeah. but that's that's pretty much it they'll just write it off as entertainment or not serious um or, you know, you said banned. I do feel like there could be some other thing about like witch burnings. Let's say like an online thing, like on Twitter, like if someone finds out you're doing that and they like expose you on Twitter, you're going to become, you know, I've heard people say they're, they fear to, to go public with their work because they could be deemed unemployable. Nobody will take them seriously. Or people will look at you in some spooky way. Like you're always trying to get something from them or something like that. It's like this human paranoia. I don't know what it is. It's like, um, you know, you have this tool at your disposal, you can use it to make life comfortable for yourself. And then it's like, but what if I get in trouble? And what if I'm bad? And it's like, oh, it's so tiring. <laughs> what what does it yep. take to get people to care enough about themselves to like try to empower themselves, you know? It is weird yeah. that astrology used to be such a like mainstream thing back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know if it, when it became, you know, where everybody just thought it was 
you know, woo woo or whatever. But uh, I've heard people say that astrology and astronomy were once kind of merged. And I guess that would have been back when it was more mainstream and somehow they split it off and astronomy became the science and astrology became, you know, you're a crazy person if you think these alignments have anything to do with anything. I used to think that too. I'm more on the side that there is something to it, but I, I don't know enough about it. And that's why we have people like you on that know what they're talking about. So I want to know about the uh, the grand conjunction in 2020. Do you think that was just like the cherry on top of 2020's cake, or was was there something oh. else that happened there? I, I think don't it was happening. I, I think it was the beginning. So that when that conjunction happened, so that was I think December 21st, 2020, between Jupiter and Saturn. Basically, they're the two giants. So of the original ruling seven planets, they're the two outermost planets and they're huge. So, I mean, through our perception, they are. So basically that they had something for Vedic astrologers called the planetary war. This is when two planets are within one degree apart from each other and they start to fisticuffs. So you have to figure out who's going to be the winner. And the winner is decided by who's the brightest in the sky. So because it happened in a sign favorable to Saturn, amongst other factors, Saturn was deemed the winner. Now, Saturn takes a long time to bring something into fruition. And he is the planet that brings challenges, uh, hard work, karma. He's the lord of time, death, disease, like a lot of challenging things. But without him, you can't do anything big or long lasting. And he tends to rule uh, like the outcast. He's like a decrepit old man who likes to spend time by himself. So Saturn, by this definition then, is the representation of our male delivery people, our farmers, our nurses. He's everybody, okay? And Jupiter is the planet of abundance, and he's kind of like the advisor to the king. So in this sense, like Jupiter was like the elite. So we know from that conjunction that the people would basically come out on top. Now, this obviously takes time. So that's why I said it was like the beginning of the end. So it will take a few years for something to eventually like break loose. But I hope it breaks loose in a in a big way. Um, I did write an article on that conjunction. I don't remember everything I said, but I do think it's important to like stockpile just like a little bit of food or something. I'm not like a paranoid person and I'm not a fatalistic individual, but Saturn does rule with limitation. So in order to have something you want in the end, you must sacrifice something in the interim. So maybe our, a little bit of daily comfort, a little bit of indulgence, indulgence every now and again until the big reward finally kind of pours in. Well, yeah, and you can kind of see that, uh, I mean, on the conspiracy side, all the shortages and the, you know, the food factories getting, in my opinion, arsoned or, uh, hmm. you know. The one that a plane uh, crashed into, like, there's so all much. All the weird recalls shit. that are happening for all of these yeah. random diseases: strawberries, chicken, chicken nuggets, pizzas, <laughs> random things. Yeah, <laughs> no shortage of things we can't eat. Actually, speaking of major transits, so the North Node is like it rules the future, and it's it's not a it's not a planet; it's a calculated point in the sky. Okay, so basically, it's traveling through the sign of Taurus and tropical astrology between January to spring of 2023. And the sign of Taurus rules finance and farming. It has to do with agriculture and plants. And the North Node actually rules foreign objects and toxins and poisons. So in order for us to profit um, and take care of ourselves, we kind of have to do away with something. So a very simple interpretation of this like collective transit is for people to eat more natural foods and 
if you have a little windowsill, maybe plant some basil. If you have a little garden, grow your own tomatoes. You know, do something small like that to help yourself in the long run and to consume less processed things because it is the sign that rules. Uh, it's the first earth sign, so it's going to affect your body, you know, depending on where it is in your chart, especially. So we must take these tiny little steps, little by little, to, um, you know, look out for our collective health and our planet as well by like maybe going to a farmer's market if you can afford it or cooking your own food if you if you have the time or something like that so it's interesting how it does reflect what's happening in the world and you were saying shortages but see the north node rules illusions it rules uh, fog so you, wherever he is in your chart you cannot see clearly Okay, so when it comes to food and finance, there's like a bit of an illusion at the minute as to like what's really going on and is it really a shortage? Is it a recall? That makes sense. Why? I mean, the media exactly. is telling us that there's a shortage. It doesn't mean there really is, you know, and we could make. Or we, if there is, it's manufactured, but yeah, yeah exactly. I don't think there's but much of a shortage. We're growing our own food this summer. We have chickens. We're trying to be a little self sufficient and we get eggs every day. So we're trying to do little things here and there just in case. So and then eat we eat so much less than we did way less like five years ago not that we were eating a ton but we just made it so we are satisfied with what we have it doesn't have to be three gigantic meals every day of whatever it's just little things try to be wholesome about it when we can but. I, I don't remember the last time i ate three meals like breakfast and then lunch and then dinner like i eat about once a day usually at all combined like you know eat a piece of bacon in the morning that's about it and then but there's doing that though creates the mindset of it's okay i don't need that much so that way it's not as scary when there's a shortage presented whether it's real or fictional you can know that it's going to be okay no matter what i feel like i could eat leaves off of a tree and be fine yeah probably could. or grass <laughs> juice and grass yeah we did we did stockpile a little bit of food um nothing crazy a lot of like dried you know rice beans that kind of stuff and um i bought one of those like five gallon buckets of emergency food and <laughs> just stuff like that and I, like with how much we're eating now i i'm sure we could survive off that make for it quite a while a lot longer than it says on there <laughs> yeah and we have like you said the chickens we got five chickens and they all lay one one egg a day i could probably live off one egg a day for a while for wow. everyone who has the ability to do so i know not everyone can do that though if you live in an apartment you know you can't yeah. have chickens I get that. Oh, you could. Um, but you can grow. But there are so many um, like hydroponics videos I've seen where you can grow tomatoes in your house inside of a fish tank, you know, or whatever or on top of it. And you can like you were saying, you can grow basil. You can do these little things here and there to save money and have fresh food. And mm -hmm. people feel empowered, like you were saying earlier as well. They just think I have to go to the grocery store to get these things. Yeah. And here's it's a, not something here's a I news flash for people. You don't really need wheat. Like there's so much I mean, you can't really grow wheat yourself, maybe, but to, to go from growing wheat to harvesting it and making it into bread would be pretty undoable for almost We're not everybody. shitting on wheat because we do eat bread every now and then. It's fine. It's not a big deal. We're not saying one thing's bad or anything. But no, I was just saying like it, in it the event forever, of a wheat shortage, because yeah. they're talking about that with what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, mm -hmm. the wheat shortage thing. I'm like, that's the least of my worries is wheat. I'm more worried about how they're trying to get rid of... Uh, meat and feed us this fake shit you know and <laughs> bugs and things and like that yeah, that's, <laughs> that's funny to me the bugs first of all you said the media so i'm like the media says a lot of things a 
lot of things yeah. that aren't true. Let's <laughs> absolutely um, no, for sure. Like that we're just joking around, but no, just no. the weird stuff you hear. It's like, mm. well, it's okay to entertain the idea and say, well, what if this did happen? It's still going to be okay. People need to yeah. empower themselves and change their mindset and just know it will be fine. That's why we have eggs. It's sort of a meat. I don't know why they're considered dairy. It's definitely a protein. So, you know, we can survive <laughs> on that as our meat. You know, we don't need to have meat. And when the chicken stop laying eggs, uh, sandwich time. No, no, no. <laughs> we will just feed them and pay for them until they're natural death because I can't That's sweet. That. I couldn't come my, no, my mother grew up. Did you? Yeah, when you name them, it's oh my god. Okay, so my mom grew up on a farm, and we went to go visit my grandma. I was like thirteen at the time, and I heard like a burkar and a crack of a neck, and then like a couple hours later, there was like a roast chicken for lunch, and I was just like so shaky because I only like lived in cities, you know. My mom was like, "What? What's wrong?" And I was like, "Where did she get it from?" And she's like. It's the bird she killed. For, she's like, how do you think these things happen? You're solely disconnected from yeah. the world. How do you think you eat your food? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, but um, no, I completely understand. It's hard when you, like, love them. And they are sweet, and they do have feelings and everything. But, yeah. Well, one I mean, of them, uh, most of them are, but the one tries to peck me, and she's an asshole. So I, she would be the first to become a sandwich if uh, we had uh, If so, we didn't have kids, I could not have meat. Like, I don't need to have meat. I know that when I go to the grocery store and buy a chicken – I hold, I pick it up a whole chicken and I'm like, Oh, that was a baby. like, I just feel really bad. And I just let someone else do all of that stuff that I could have done. And I have one time with my friend, I killed a chicken on her farm with her. We slaughtered chickens. I didn't just kill it. It sounds mean, but I slaughtered a Murdered. chicken and I pulled the feathers and I did all of the work myself and we ate it the next day. And it was very awkward and weird for me, but it was still showed me the process of what you actually have to do to get that. So when you go to the grocery store, all of that has already been done. You're mm -hmm. still taking part in the sin of it if you're so upset yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. I agree. It's like a weird, I get it. It's like, I feel not guilty. I don't even know what the word, I feel kind of like icky. Like, um, I, I didn't look that animal in the eye. I didn't like express my gratitude for the life it was going to give me. And I'm sure if you did, it wouldn't feel any type of way about giving its life up to satiate you. But it's the fact that it's taken out of the equation. It's so desensitizing that it just kind of went through like what I imagine was like one of those carpenters table saws and just kind of like met its end at that horrible shrill noise, you know. And I just, yeah, I don't like that part of it too much. But in terms, you were mentioning bugs and all these things. And I'm just yeah. like, how about no? Just yeah. no, like, just leave me alone. I don't know. I'm not even like, it's funny because you're talking about like conspiracies and joking. I have a video about this. I think conspiracy theories, a lot of the time, not all of them, but a lot of the time, the culture is like a very angry one or like a powerless one where the person wants to retaliate. And that's just not in alignment with like living your best life. You know, <laughs> like, I think it's important to know about these things. And if you can laugh about them, you're going to come out on top and you'll be like totally fine. So one thing I realized, I just kind of had like a breaking point because I cared so much for so long. And I was that person, like if, if you didn't see the world the way I did, I just like, I don't know if I tried to like convince you or just like feel bad for you that like you didn't know what was happening, you know, or something like that. And there's no shortage of things you can care about. Like once you start, it's like fraying a sweater. Once you pull that thread, it's totally oh, gone. Yeah. You know, it's like food. Then you look in, and you're like chemtrails. And then you're like, even the water isn't water. And then somebody said the other day to me, you know, all the trees are men. And I was like, what now? And they were like, they took out all the female trees so we don't eat fruit for free. 
that's why you have terrible allergies. There's too much like testosterone in the air. I was like, if there was too much testosterone in the air, we wouldn't have like soy boys, okay? Like, it, just, it like never ends. So I just thought, you know what? You just have to draw the line at some point. And for me personally, whether it's the media or the alternative media or whatever, I'm just, we were talking about bugs and like fake meat, lab grown this, that. I'm like, stop telling people what to care about. Like, I care about what I care about. That's what's sacred and important to me in my life, you know? And you're not like a bad person for not wanting to eat bugs. Like, I just, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I didn't grow up that way. It's, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Leave me alone. Another thing, my sister was like trying to be like really sweet yesterday. And I was out with her children and she's like, I've got a surprise for you. And as a joke, I said, you didn't go to that vegan bakery, did you? And she was like, oh, I did. I got us donuts. And they were like vegan donuts. And I took one bite and I was like, this, why would you do this? Why? Well, it's terrible. You know, I'm just that way. I want like milk and butter. If I'm going to fatten myself, I'm going to do it right. You know, like a Christmas yeah. turkey. Like, don't yeah. do that for me. I don't like that, you know, but then other things, of course, I care about. So I just agree. It's like, when do you stop? And the answer is they don't stop. They'll never stop. Once you start buying into that, I think someone said something to the effect of like, I'm not living in a pod. <laughs> I'm not sharing everything I own, including a toothbrush and like an adult diaper because I have nowhere to go to the bathroom because my living space is so small. And I'm not eating freaking bugs off a stick, you know? And I'm just like, good for you. Why are you apologizing for that? Like some people want to do it, let them do it. Some people care about the carbon emissions. Great, we need those people. We need people who want to do something new with the financial system, whatever. But I'll tell you right now, you can't do it all. <laughs> it's just like silly, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the, you like, saying, like uh, you know, demonizing people who don't do it. Like if you want to be a vegan, knock yourself out, eat sawdust. I don't care. But <laughs> some of this vegan stuff though, too, is like worse for you than just eating some chicken or something. Like I've seen some of the ingredients on some of these vegan things. Mm -hmm. It is gross. It's like a lot of GMO, a lot of, you know, soy and it's, not good for you. Like, if you're going to go vegan, at least do it right and eat fresh fruits and vegetables. And keep something. it to yourself, vegans. Come on. Yes. We don't need to know. Stop it. We don't care. <laughs> I think people are so, they're so dependent on the thoughts of others and just on the actions of others. People are so, so dependent on that, that when something isn't going their way, like you were saying, like people are caring so much about the water, whatever it is, they're so mm -hmm. angry because they can't make the change themselves. So they're asking for others to do something different for them, which mm -hmm. is pretty selfish because they could make the change and it might be a hard change. They might have to go move to a mountain in the woods somewhere different. They shouldn't expect to stay in the same place and that the world will change around them. People have to make their own changes. If you don't like the way something is, go do something different. Figure it out on your own. And it can be at a micro level. You don't have to change the entire world. Change it just for yourself because that's all that fucking matters at the end of the day. It's that old cliche, be the change you want to see in the world. That's, that's literally it. it. Um, if everybody will stop worrying about everyone else and just focus, yeah. focus on yourself. Do, do yourself a favor. Change something, you know. And with in, your family. I mean, you know, your own family, house. friends, that's cool. But like, yeah. Like the old make your bed themselves. in the morning thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start with that. <laughs> Yeah, the people need to get, I know, like, one of my favorite teachers is Abraham Hicks, and they always say, the biggest, like, problem on your planet is, like, people don't mind their business. Like, mind your own business. If you really think about it, it's like, your world is the only relevant point of reference to one person, and that's you, you know? If you're happy in your world, you will live in a happy world. If you're not happy in your world, you will really struggle to find joy, and like you said, you expect other people. People do that on a micro level 
constantly. They externalize their power. They'll be like, I told you that coworker was a whatever, you know, and you said good morning to them. I'm like, uh, look, you're my friend. I have your back, okay? But that, that little goof just walked down the hall and said good morning. What do you want me to like eat them like a shark? Like they just say, like, okay, good morning. Who cares? Like, why are you so insecure that you can't stand someone greeting somebody simply? It's like, it's little things like that. They definitely like have a compounding interest effect. And then you start to feel powerless around your neighbors. Then it's your partner. And then, oh, it just, it never ends. You just have to kind of like learn in your own head. Like, hey, I don't know why that hurt my feelings. Maybe that person has issues, but that's not my problem. So you just kind of like leave it, leave it. You know, it's the best thing you can do. And that's why not watching the news is like the, it's like a great <laughs> healer of like yeah. depression. In many cases, I stopped watching TV years ago and I've like, I'm just so much happier now. And speaking of food, I was very much like a moral vegetarian. And then through some health circumstances, I dug into some red meat and now you couldn't take it from me. Like I, I'm not, I've never struck anyone. I don't like to fight, you know, but if you want to bring your facts, I'll bring my information. It's okay. We'll fight. But someone tries to take meat and potatoes away from me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like march to Ottawa or something. You know, I want like give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> there. Take her earring. I need my filet mignon and my baby red mashed potatoes. Don't fuck yes. with me on that shit. Yes, with uh, caramelized garlic, rosemary, mm. red skin oh, yeah. potatoes, like the best thing ever, and a steak. You know, a couple times a month. There's just like nothing like it. You know, um, so. Yeah, just that's just what I care about. It's like my one little indulgence on this earth. You think I'm going to like, and then people always say something like, oh, but in the next life, you'll be the cow that's slaughtered. I'm like, well, make it quick. <laughs> make me a veal. Yeah. You know, like, what do you want me to like feel bad about eating this for the rest of my life or a Salisbury steak? Like, it's so yeah. stupid, but let's like, we if need... they know it. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, we need something to beat ourselves over the head with. Like, don't you get tired of that? Like, aren't you bored? Like, I'm so bored. I'm bored. The news tells me I'm a bad person. Then this authority figure tells me I'm a bad person. My boss tells me I'm a bad person. I don't care enough. I don't care. You can't care about all things, okay? And that's why people, if you notice in the corporate world, the people who get ahead, who get praised, who get bonuses, who get promoted, they care the so least fast. about that job, right? Yeah. <laughs> they care the least. Take up Instead of getting angry, take a page out of their book and say, I'm going to put me first. If I sleep in and I'm 20 minutes late for work, I'm just going to say thanks for waiting and thanks for understanding, but not actually tell them why you're late. It's none of their business. Lie. I don't care. Say you. That is so funny. I just told my daughter that. So my daughter is about to get her license tomorrow, hopefully. And Ooh. I told her I was trying to um, prepare her for going to work late because she tends to get really upset about things. And I just don't want her to be freaking out driving. So I said, you know, when you're late for work, you're going to you're going to miss work. But don't give them any details. It doesn't matter and it will just make you more angry to have to over explain and give them more ammo. Mm -hmm. So don't say I miss my alarm but just say I'm really sorry I overslept and then continue to go to work and see what happens after that. And then try to figure out what you're going to do next, but don't try to over prepare for some sort of negative interaction that may or may not happen. You don't owe them shit. Yeah, if I'm late to work, I don't even say anything, and they don't even ever notice. Like, if they mm -hmm. were, like, why are you late? Mm -hmm. Fuck off. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's your answer. What else? It's true. Yeah, First of all, like, it might not even yeah. happen. Hmm? Yeah. Huh? No, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a lag. No, I was going to say with, with the cow thing, like if you stay, you're going to come back in the next life as a cow. Fine. You know why? Because um, I'll be a fucking cow. I won't know. And yeah. then they'll slit my throat and I'll become a brisket. Fine. But there might be a lesson to be learned in that too. Yeah. If they're already going to say, just to break it down a little bit, if they're going to say, if someone says, in the next life, you'll be a cow and you'll just get slaughtered. You will commit no crimes. So in the next life after karma. that, if you do believe in reincarnation, you're going to be a fucking queen after that. So who cares? Give me the cow life and let me get slaughtered. It's going to be amazing. After Make that. me a mosquito. They have like a three day lifespan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's no, I think people, there's just at the, the, Big picture, the way that I see it, is ultimately there's just no benefit to punishing yourself. None. And so to say, like, you'll be punished in the future is as ridiculous to me as saying you'll be rewarded in the future. I don't want to be rewarded in the future. I want my money now. You know what I mean? Like, where's my money? God, where is it? Like, this isn't funny anymore. You know, like, that's it's like when you die, you're going to pass the pearly gates. I'm like, if I can strip every pearl off of those gates, I will before I go in because it's owed to me because I had to live a life without them. You know, like I didn't come to play. So it's silly to me. It's like it's kind of like suspending something off in the future, which is so incredibly anxiety inducing. You know, it's like when someone goes, we need to talk later and your whole day is over it's gone. You know, it's like, that's how I feel that we're raised on this planet. Like something good might happen. Okay. When you die you have to do it to find out. I'm like, this is the worst deal I have ever heard. I hope you never go to shark tank. Whoever wrote the scriptures. Okay. Like, this is terrible. And then they'll say, or you'll get the elevator down. And I'm like, or, and then what, you know, it's like arguing with an incompetent parent. Like it just doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> so just live your life in the moment. Do the best that you can with what you have. You play the cards that you're dealt. You endeavor to be decent. You endeavor to be kind because it feels good and it's your nature. It's your default setting. And then you're going to meet people like you're preparing your daughter very wisely how to handle real life situations because, you know, the school system's not going to do it. So you have to and you're doing it correctly, which is don't tell people anything. There's a reason we say silence is golden. It literally, you said ammo and it's true. It's like they put it in their arsenal. It can be an innocent thing. Like I have a cat, I have a cat, I don't know. And then during the inquisition, the local baker or whatever cobbler was like, oh, they have a pet cat and they're like, burn them first. You know, it's like the stupidest thing. So just, you keep things to yourself. You expect the best. And in a way, um, socially and energetically, you have to assert some type of like energetic dominance where, like I was saying, your world is important to you. So in your world, you're never in trouble for being late. In your world, you're a cautious driver. You're not going to rush to some job that would just like forget you within a week if you left, you know, you take your time, you live your life on your own terms and you make sure you feel powerful with everything that you do. You know, it's little things like that. Like you said, explaining yourself if you're late. Um, and then for work too. Yeah, I was late a couple days ago and I just thought, oh my God, should I say something? Because I did sleep in. And I was like, I'll see if they mention it first. And then, you know, corporate America is amazing at gaslighting people. I thought if they asked me why I was late, I'm going to gaslight them back and said, what made you think I was late? I'm right here. Aren't you silly? And just like laugh, you know, you just like have more fun with it. Just take back your power and like have a little bit of fun, you know? That's awesome. I'm definitely going to have to tell my daughter that because I, I don't have all of all of these awesome little things in my back pocket. I just was trying to tell her a couple little things, but that's amazing. I love that. She's just very concerned about stuff. She actually said, so she mentioned she was late yesterday because we had a show and it was in the morning. And she said, she texted her boss 
several times and was like, I'm really sorry I'm late. My parents are busy. They're doing a podcast right now and I'll be there afterwards. And I was like, you told your fucking boss that your parents had a podcast and that's why you're going to be late. You might get fired for that, dude. Why? And I, I didn't say it like that, but I was like, you know, that's when we had that conversation. You don't really have to say all of that detail stuff. You could just say, you could say any, anything else besides that actually would probably be better. And then it turned out her boss was like, what's their podcast called? What do they talk about? Oh my gosh, I'm going to follow them. And then now he follows us and wants to check out our show. Oh, God. I was actually wrong in that situation, but no, <laughs> she because you never know. Right. No, that's totally true. I told her, I said, you know what? I guess you were right. And you did whatever was meant to be. But in the future, you don't have to release all of that information. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. It's decent of her. But the thing is, so many people don't care for your decency, especially for women. Because, like, I have, like, a happy-go-lucky disposition. And I live in my own world a lot of the time. And I learn the hard way. It's like, they don't care. They kind of enjoy kind of, like, tormenting you a little bit. Because they want to see if they can make you unhappy. And I used to be like, oh, I'm sorry to take my cat to the vet. I pulled a tooth out of his neck. He just, like, came home after three days. And they would be like... I don't know why it's like a stupid little detail. So let's say this man or this boss was a bug eater and really cared. He was like Greta Thunberg's number one fan, like really cared about like, you know, eating meat or like, yeah, all of that, you know? And then you're, then, then they Googled your podcast and then they would just kind of like feel weird about it and be triggered or something. You just never know. That's the whole point. And it's kind of better that way. So in like, um, in the spiritual traditions, you know, like how they do exorcisms, so basically, if you want to dominate what they believe is possessing the person, the, the first thing you do is ask it its name. When someone can speak your name over you, they immediately have power over you. And you can use this for anything in life. Just consider like dating, um, strangers, colleagues, it doesn't matter. But the, the person energetically, I hate the term upper hand, but the person in the position of power is the person who knows more. So just never say anything. They're going to like try to move you or kind of like shift how you feel about something or your perception. So it's just better to kind of like be elusive and play really dumb. It will take you really far, you know? Now, if you're interested in having a genuine friendship with this boss or like a friend, that's very different. Obviously you're gonna be a genuine human being, but for someone to just randomly be like, so what do you do? You know, when bosses are like, well, how was your weekend? You're like, good. They're like, what'd you do? You're like relaxed. Uh, they don't know you're burning man. And you have like a whole pharmacy flowing through your veins. Like <laughs> They don't need to know that. <laughs> you just said, took a nap. That's Agreed. it. Yeah. Walked my dog. You don't even have a dog. They don't need to know that. Like, what is it? A husky? Yeah. <laughs> sure. His name is Bernard. Yeah. yeah. Brevard, Bernard, Bear, all I've got three. What are you, what are you, the cops? Shut up. You know, you just, just kind of like That's keep sweet. it moving. The other end of that is the people that totally take advantage of shit where I've had some coworkers that I swear they've had like five or six grandmothers die in the course of their employment there. And I'm like, how is that still working? Damn, I'm doing something wrong because we get three days bereavement for every next of kin that dies. I'm like, I could be getting so much more vacation if I just had more grandfathers. They might have a couple of step parents. You never know. Yeah, I don't True. think that counts. You could be. Yeah, my granddad married like five times. I've got like six grandmama, mama, mama, mas, mimas, and bebobs and bebops. And each time one of them gets goes back to sender, you need three days off. That's all you say. So they all had an equal hand in raising me, so I'll miss them dearly. And then just take yep. your take your leave. Come back with a tan. I'll tat it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it was a really crazy wake.
It was nuts. My uh, grandmother party. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It was in Vegas. Yeah, we shotgunning. Ben? You know, it was her favorite thing to do. <laughs> ben, were you about to say something? Oh, maybe I'm hearing my own echo. That's weird. Nah, sure wasn't. We haven't heard anything from you yet, Ben. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm struggling to stay awake, but I'm enjoying the conversation. It's I'm that's what I thought. I'm, I'm revitalizing, man. I'm revitalizing. Trying to, yeah. No, we're good. I'm uh, I'm just listening. Did you have to I get up early today too. Nah. Or just after all of the work that you've done this week. It's just catching up to me. It's my. It's you my, need to go to bed at like. He works a very long shift, Monica, and he works six days a week. So he's like Sundays are his like sleepy days. <laughs> I, I know. I, just I switched to go day. I try I to get shit done. And like yesterday was like the day to go do shit. Um, so like after went to work, we went to Joe and Jen's and I fucked me and Lene didn't get to bed till one thirty last night. And oh, then, Jesus. even though even though we got up late, it's still one of those like as soon as I ate food, I just was coma on the couch. And I'm like, oh, oh I mean, I could wake myself up. I do kind of have to take a shit. And then I uh, decided, you know what? I'll just uh, I'll just wait it out. Now I'm regretting it. I, I'll be all right. I'm just enjoying the conversation. And I don't have any questions because none of the shit I understand or have any knowledge of. Well, now you know a little more, though. That's, that's cool. what I'm trying to do. Uh, trying to hey, learn. Monica, what's your sign? What's your sign? What's your sign, girl? Virgo. Oh, uh, oh. Okay. That's well, I, <laughs> everyone's least favorite. What are your signs? So I'm an Aquarius, but so when I did my natal chart of all of the 12 houses, uh -huh. Virgo is like six of those. So I'm an Aquarius technically, but I have Virgo in tons of other houses. So it's weird. Okay, I have okay. a lot of Virgo traits, which is crazy because Virgo and Aquarius are not really similar. I have a lot more Virgo traits than I do Aquarian. Okay. Traits. What's your, do you know your moon sign or your ascendant? I'm sure it's in that chart that I huh? had. I don't, do you remember yours? My, I don't remember mine. My moon sign? My yeah. Cause the, when they, whenever they say, <laughs> what's your sign, it just means your sun sign. And usually, so yeah, they'll mean your sun sign. More. Yes, usually. And yourself, yeah, what's your remember. sign? I'm a Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay. Uh, and Ben? I am a Libra. Libra. Okay. Very nice. He's the most imbalanced Libra I've ever met. So the theory with Libras is you will always struggle with balance because you have to master oh, something. Well, so yeah. I, so that's the thing. So I, I looked into a little bit. Of, like when I say I have no knowledge of this, I mean, I have no real knowledge of this. I have the little bit that you can find uh, when you're not really looking for it and then kind of understand a little bit. And then talking to Micah Dank and him going through all of the... Uh, signs and how it pertains to decoding the bible he explained a little bit about uh astrology i don't know a lot about it but i do know that yes that is like the ongoing struggle with libras they will always struggle with balance for me i don't and this is just my own perception of myself i know myself very well i i, I never almost ever feel conflicted um but the balance that i end up having a problem with isn't typically with things in myself i'm pretty straight shooting arrow when it comes to my opinions when it comes to my beliefs um as a matter of fact this last two years in the in the podcast is the first time in 30 plus years that i have actually seen a major mind and mental shift into how i perceive things 
just as a result to I had always been closed off to it. You know, woo woo bullshit came up and I went, nope, not entertaining that. So now that has expanded quite a bit to where even if I don't believe it, I, I'll entertain it. And that for mm -hmm. me is a big step in and of itself is the idea that this could be possible because the more I understand, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know shit. And that that opening up and vulnerability has been huge in the past two years. But when it comes to the balance, it's I come at it as a, I guess you could say like a psychologist would finding balance within and for other people, kind of like sitting sitting back and listening to stories and trying to look through that third party window of unbiased and saying, let's try to see how we can get both of these to work. I know that you struggle with this, or I know you excel at this. This is what, how do we make this work? Um, but the balance for myself, it, it's, it's a light switch for me. Uh, drinking caused me a lot of problems. I didn't want to fucking quit until I hit a point. And then I went not doing that anymore. And now I don't. And so uh, I've had a lot of, or I should say I've read or been told different theories on that Libran balance. And a lot of it has to do with uh, outside projection versus internal uh, reflection or introspection. Hmm. Um, and I'm not really positive. I would love to get your take on it mm -hmm. um, and kind of see what you got to say. Okay, so I'll start with the actual chart. So you're mentioning the types of balance. So everybody has a birth chart. If you know your birth time, then that's necessary to have your I ascendant. Do. So wherever, do you know your ascendant sign? I have no idea. Okay, so let's, I'll do, I'll, maybe, can I cast your chart if you don't mind? Do you mind giving your information sure. on here? Okay, so let me just yeah. open. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll open my software and then we'll do that. So basically the theory is this. Wherever you have Libra in your heart, so for everybody, it's going to be one of the 12 houses. Um, what you have to know is wherever that sun sits, you're going to experience highs and lows. So for me, for example, it's in resource management. So uh, like as soon as I get some money, I'm just like, oh, now I can finally buy that thing I want. And it's like, girl, you know damn well, you need a savings account. And it's just like, oh, but it's so fun. So it's like a constant battle up and down another thing to bear in mind is okay so that's going to be for everyone so let's just say um it's in the ninth house of beliefs you know you can have highs and lows with your relationship with your dad authority figures or go through like a spiritual journey whatever but as the sun sign um first of all i don't like to predict using sun signs I, most people don't who studied in like the eastern tradition as well because the sun isn't really personal okay it's in a sign for about 30 days that's just too general it will affect other things. Like if you had an eclipse there, a full moon there, you know, you have you can have a burst of vitality or energy or reduction of those things. Um, best to predict from the ascendant because it changes about every two and a half hours. That's why accurate birth time is so important. Your okay. predictions are only as accurate as the birth time received. And then the second is the moon. The moon is really personal to you because what happens in the world happens. But if your moon is trashed, like mine, you said you were a Scorpio. I have a moon in Scorpio. Moon's debilitated in Scorpio. You react strongly to everything. You feel really deeply towards everything. It's hard for you. But the moon change is signed two and a half days. So that's the next best thing. So if you have a moon sign, you can still make predictions from that. And so for like, let's say you're a Libra sun, uh, 
Venus rules Libra and Taurus. So this is important to understand. Venus is the planet of value. So these are the two signs that understand the value of something. It can be money. It could be time. I'm going to use the example of like a really nice sweater or a really good pair of shoes. And somebody would say, why would you pay like $400 for like some Scottish sheep wool for that sweater or those leather shoes? And you're like, because I'm going to wear them for a really long time. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm not going to have bunions. And I just like, they don't have. It will end up saving me money in the long run. So don't look at the upfront 400. Look at yes. the investment. That's Yeah, yeah, I got that. Unless yes. your that's dog so gets a ben. piss on it that's or something. That's so you, Ben. Okay. Yeah, I know. And then Venus rules the person's ability to make a good decision. Because she rules the signs that kind of oh, give us... Oh, that one's going to be a tough one for me. I don't make good decisions. So we'll find out why in a second. <laughs> but let's say, you know, Taurus rules the, the throat and the neck. So you turn your head to see, like, let's say you're looking for a good job and you're like, well, should I get that, 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 that? And then whatever you pick to interview for, Libra is the scale. So you weigh the pros and cons. So if Venus is afflicted in someone's chart and she's not doing well, the person can be a really good person but they don't necessarily pick things that are good for them. Now, the lucky thing is, you know, nothing really tends to last forever. Most of the time in a chart, you can see certain things mature at certain points. So once they mature, the person kind of understands like, oh, I used to do that. That was self-destructive. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So they tend to kind of come out of it. Okay, can I have your date of birth, please? Yeah, it's a 10, 17, 1990, uh, Ash Wednesday at 6.34 PM. Jesus, you know way more about your birth than I do. You don't know. You've known it since I was a kid. It's like 930-ish or something at and night. It's also location. 1990 is also the year of the horse. <laughs> ah, okay, cool. Describes my, mom's my a sex horse. life no, she's perfectly. Not. Just real strong, short bursts. Don't last. <laughs> okay. Four six, inches of fury. 6.34 yeah. p.m. Yes, ma'am. And location? Uh, Reading, California. I believe it was actually at Mercy Medical Center. Actually, you know, horse is really good for people who work with um, anything like uh, with transportation, like trains or the manufacturing of such things, because they have to do with like speed and going places. I work with tires, Edition. but it's not that kind of transportation. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and when it comes to me transporting, well, let's see, I got about eight misdemeanors, two DUIs, <laughs> and I'm not great on a forklift. <laughs> Well, now we know. So. At least you're sober. Yeah, two years, bro. We're good. Oh, congratulations. Okay. So, Ben, it has, first of all, Ben has something called, this is so fascinating, Ben has something called a stellium, which is where you have four or more planets in the same sign. Um, and what's interesting is it's in, he's an Aries ascendant. Okay, so Aries is the sign of the entrepreneur, the fighter, the warrior, people who are very singular, okay? So, and actually it's quite spiritual because it naturally does rule the first house, which has to do with the head. Aries was the head and God is in the third eye and it connects to our spinal fluid, which is really important. So he can like, let's say, receive ideas or inspiration or something like that. And the first ruler goes in the third, which makes a person uncommonly brave. So that's actually fun because in the sign of media and communication so that's really perfect but the reason i like his stellium in the seventh house is basically if you have any planet in what's known as the angular houses one four seven ten 
they're like the spine of the chart. And so for him, he has five planets in really public houses. Seven is to do with society and Saturn in the 10th, which has to do with authority. So firstly, I want to say, if you have Sun-Saturn combinations in the first, first seventh, 10th house, that person's much better off self-employed or doing things that kind of please them. They tend to, uh, they can get along with others because they're good at exerting authority, but generally they play much better on their own, you know, so they can, they kind of like want to do what they want to do. They don't want to do what someone else tells them for long to survive, etc. But what's really interesting is having, so you were, first of all, you're born in a new moon. It's quite magical. So when the sun and the moon are together in a chart, the person's born in a new moon. There you go. And then when they're opposite, you're born in a full moon. So the moon is really illuminated. In this case, the moon is dark. So the person can be deep. They can be like melancholy, but also really insightful. Okay. They can kind of see what other people don't. So my mom was born on a, on an eclipse. Okay. On a new moon. And she just kind of like, I don't know what it is, whatever was popular growing up. She'd be like, why would anybody care about that? And it's not like cynical or mean. She just saw through it. She just thought like, that's not special. Like, why would, you know, whatever was popular at the time, the Disney channel, she's like, why are these kids special? Like everyone's special to their parent because they're their child, but they're not they're like King Ultra. That's why they're special. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that's true. Imagine me telling her as a nine year old, I'm like, first of all, monarch, you know, she'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so, you know, Ben can keep it real. In any case, I just want to add that he has a very specific combination for several things. Like, um, one in particular is healing. So maybe through words or through friends, he could be, uh, someone in the friend group that can hear like really hard things and not really be affected by it or be able to transmute the energy but most important uh especially because of the tone of the podcast is kind of like being an outsider uh so it's called sannyasi yoga when someone has four more planets in an angular house it tends to make them what's known as a renunciate so because it's in a public house you're not of the world but you're still forced to be in the world so you are going to work you're going to pay your bills you're going to go through the motions of life but somehow you always know there's something more or something bigger, or it's just not like really the most important thing to you. Like physical survival, though necessary, isn't everyone's purpose. You know, like those people who are like, when, I, when I'm 30, I want to own a chopper and have a podcast with my bro squad. And it's like, great. Those people are in the world and of the world, you know? And some of us are just like Ben, where you're like, uh, I do what I need to do, but this isn't where I'm fulfilled. I'm not satiated through the external, through the material. It's not to say that it's bad, it's just not for him in particular, but it can definitely show a purpose. You know, when you have too many planets hanging out, it shows a very clear purpose. So like others, relationships, the seventh also has to do with um, travel. It has to do with living away from your birthplace. Um, seventh. Interesting. Yeah, the seventh house. The seventh house is all other people. So, okay, you guys work together. This is perfect for Ben. It's business associates. You know, it's very friendly. Uh, Moon and Venus also gives really good taste for food, you know, home comforts and music or like actual aesthetic sense. So things like that. So very, very cool. There is a Libraist of you. all Libras. You're most welcome. Actually, there's one thing I forgot to do, which is actually see if this has any relevance to you today. All I know about Ben is that he dislikes most things. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, ah. <yeah. laughs> when, so, when something is too powerful, the person can have an, uh, an, a, let's say, an excess of discernment. 
So he's very discerning. Um, and the other thing too, is he had the eclipses hitting his, you know, uh, financial axis. And um, so hopefully, you know, in the next six months by November, you see some kind of like change or something positive happen to you financially. Something comes That'd through that. Really fucking cool. awesome. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go. <laughs> It's been, it, it, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy year. So with uh, finances specifically. So. Yeah. Well, so an eclipse tends to give upheaval before something actually settles down. So hopefully sense. by Christmas we'll, okay, so let's, let's get it. Come on, 22. Come on, Jen, would you like to go next? Because I know you were trying to look up your. Yeah, I found it. So I have five houses in Virgo, but I will give you my info. Yes, please. All right, okay, so go it's ahead. February 3rd, 1980. And at, it was at 1.41 p.m. How do you guys know this about your birth? Because my mom told me once. Oh, I just, I'm <laughs> not, not my sure birthday, if I'm just the time. I remember I asked her what time was I born, and it, she knew the exact time. I know my daughter was born at 7.18 p.m. It's also Ooh. put on your birth certificate. I haven't looked at that thing in a decade. I don't fucking know. I don't even know when my kid was born. The time? Jesus fucking Christ, Joe. <laughs> I don't think the time was put on mine. Joe's all, I don't know when I was born. I don't know when my kids were born. It's just a fucking thing, man. I got that date. I remember what day he was born. I don't remember the time. Fuck. I barely remember the day. So I was born in a different place than them. I'm from Massachusetts, too. Okay, so we're in Massachusetts. You sure fucking were, Jen. Lowell, Lowell, Massachusetts. What, what Lowell. is it? It's L-O-W-E-L-L. -L. My friend lives in, in Massachusetts. She called it Taxachusetts, which I find quite funny. Oh, uh, that's what my parents funny. called it. Yeah, it's sad, but it's cute. <laughs> where does she live? Whitman. Oh, I don't even know where that is. Well, we live oh, in my God. Yeah, you have four planets in Virgo. Look at that. Oh, so... Right. Okay, so firstly, much like Ben, you have first ruler in the third, which is really good for communication, really good for being courageous, and you are braver than most, but because you've had to be. So I have to say that, first of all. So you also have a stellium. <laughs> you also have four planets in the same sign, and you also have the nodes in the second and eighth house, like Ben, but that eclipse would affect you differently. Actually, the eclipse for you mostly would center around your child. And you know, it's absolutely crazy. I said the eclipse was 25 degrees of Scorpio. You have Uranus in the fifth house, exactly 25 degrees of Scorpio. So something could suddenly happen. Maybe you're, you're, you said you had a daughter, your daughter gets promoted at her job, or she just calls you very suddenly with something, something like that. Or maybe you do something adventurous with your child. You know, Uranus is quite unexpected. Go like, I don't think Uranus likes antiquing, but maybe go do something spontaneous with your child. But um so Jen's chart is really remarkable. So I was mentioning brightness of planets. Basically, first thing I want to say, if you have sun in the uh, eighth house, and you do. Uh, okay. Basically, two things. One, it can make a person really good, like occultist or someone who's an amazing researcher. If Mercury's in the eighth, he's also in a really strong sign, which is Aquarius. Mercury does 
exceptionally well in, in air signs. And um, you have sun and south node in the eighth. So it's like you could have been a person of power or finance in a previous life. But something to note is the person you end up with is going to have a high sense of self because the eighth has to do with like our spouse's income or resources or or your in-laws so basically the sun is the planet that's like the king nothing is brighter and bigger than the sun right and so you marry someone who feels really special or they have a bright appearance like they have an aura about them like they have a presence or they command a presence when they step in the room so it's actually quite actually i'm only smiling because i, I did a spouse description reading for someone this morning and, and i just spent like five minutes on sun in the eighth house i was like you're going to marry someone important or someone who feels really important somebody with good confidence or something in any case your third house is truly remarkable because uh the third is a house where it's the house of self-effort and willpower so things take time to fruition when there's a lot of things happening in the third house now for you especially what's really important in your life is to choose to advocate for the self speak up for the self um, assert yourself. I mean, that's not a crazy thing, like assert dominance. Like before you walk into a room, you rip off the door and start swinging it at people, but you must have some. That would be entertaining though. Please do you know? that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Film it. I want to see that TikTok. Woo. <laughs> but you have to have some like gumption, you know, and like not be so apologetic. And the reason is that your moon is sandwiched between Mars and Saturn and they're hard planets and the moon is really soft. So basically you'll see people who, um, first of all, can overthink. Secondly, can bear the burden a lot for others in their life and can feel ashamed. Like I want a day off and you feel guilty. And it's like, why? There's lazy people out there winning in life, you know, <laughs> like be more like that or something to that effect. But also it's really good for unorthodox means of income. And it's also really good for uh, what you're doing because the third house has to do with media and it's in the it's the sign of it's also in the house of expression and virgo is a scholastic sign like it likes to read it likes to write it likes to research it's in the house of writing and then opposite that house is the ninth house which is publishing and you have venus there in the sign of Pisces, there it is, there you are. And it, it's called exalted. So she's like celebrated in that sign. So one thing that's really nice is it should, it should after a second half of life, let's hope you come into like more material comfort. So it's very nice because Venus is very lazy and the ninth is the house of luck. So it should just kind of like come to you. And the other one too is just luck through also your own effort so what you're doing now is amazing because the ninth is like publishing your podcasts putting out those tweets putting out blogs pamphlets uh the gathering of crowds you know it's like truly special so it's so fun two out of three we've got people with great purpose this is very exciting any funny. so i'm kind of in the second half of my life but i feel like a lot of luck has happened you're in the first like 20th of your life because you're going to be 500 remember? oh right that's right so i do i'm 42 but i do say that i'm going to be 500 when i die <laughs> but we've had a lot of really crazy lucky things happen in the last Good. like after 2020 i feel like 2020 was amazing and unorthodox means of income like we we've talked about it on the show but i lost my job in 2020 and i was like fuck it i'm gonna doordash i'm just gonna start doordashing and i made so much money doing that because i was like i don't even we needed a down payment for a house because we had to leave our apartment because the landlord was moving into it so i don't know it was just oh that's God. kind of was, the third house is driving and that's oh, where your unorthodox means of income is yeah that's really funny <laughs> that's uh, amazing 
And also, I thought you were 27 when you said 1980. I was like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always call her 29. Yeah, 2020 was awesome. Like, I turned 40 and we bought our first house and I got a really good job working with his brother and things kind of like fell into place. And it was very lucky. Like, it just kind of happened. I still was making, I still would have been fine no matter what. I was still like, we're going to be okay, whatever. But things just actually came to me, which never happens in my life in particular. I don't really have things just land in my lap, but those two things did. Oh, perfect. Well, well, one other thing I want to say, uh, Jupiter is the planet of fortune and he's in his own sign for the majority of this year. He's gone a little bit into your 10th house of career, but he'll come back. And when he basically transited over your Venus, it can cause something really indulgent to manifest. And that that giant conjunction that uh, we were talking about earlier happened in your um, seventh house of like, you know, trade and relationships. So you just probably got a head start. So it's pretty cool. So it's all very exciting stuff. Okay, let's do awesome. We are very excited, yeah. people. That's so cool. Thanks for doing this, by the way. My this is awesome. Thank you for having me on. What a good time. And just when we get together, we will not eat bugs. That's the, I'm glad we covered that baseline. Yeah. <laughs> We're not eating insects. Absolutely. No, it's nice. It's nice to talk to people who are like, okay, we can all just get along and have fun. Not eating bugs. Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard at all, truly. Okay, can I have your birthday, please? Okay. Uh, oh, I almost said it like I say it at the gas station. 11 986, uh, November 9th, 1986. That is my niece's birthday. So first of all, that's really cool because the person I did the reading for this morning that I was talking about marrying someone powerful, she had the same birthday as her, my niece's sister. So I was like, that's crazy. Two for two today. Okay. Uh, what time were you born? I think it was about 9.30 p.m. as far as I remember. And uh, also the same as Ben in Redding, California. Or at least so I'm told. Mm, very true. How can we ever really be sure? Okay. So first thing that counts, look at this. You also have that. That's, that's incredible. Okay. So firstly, that caught my eye. That's super interesting is um, you have Jupiter and moon conjunct. So just to give you some background knowledge, Jupiter is the planet that rules abundance. Usually it's fortune, luck, beliefs. Of course, it's really good for finances. And the moon is how you feel, how you interact with life. It has a lot to do with the mind, intelligence. So they're in, if your birth time is right, they would also be in your ninth house. But what's really special is they actually conjunct Jen's Venus. So basically, this is where you get people who make your Venus. You conjunct her Venus, they make beautiful music together. You know, they can have good conversations, expand each other's like thoughts and together you can actually benefit, like profit one another, which is really good, like prosper together. But what's interesting for you as an individual is uh, Jupiter moon people. And I always have to cite Taylor Swift. She has this, they're very emotionally resilient because the moon is really happy. You know, uh, when it's with Jupiter, it's, it's Jupiter rules like our root words for like jovial, jubilant, um, jolly. So they're like people who like, like big belly laughter and they're just like happy go lucky. So moon Jupiter in someone's chart, they can like, she says like, this is the funny thing. I like, like Taylor Swift, like picks fights with people is like the ultimate drama queen. And then like gaslights them being like, no, I'm going to shake it off. I put this drama on myself, but I will be triumphant. And, and you know, and you're like, and the world like loves her and you can't say anything against it, you know? And I think it's really cute. So it's kind of like that. Hate her. <laughs> Pardon? 
I said I can. I hate her. I'm just kidding. I can. No, no, no. I don't, I don't really. I don't really know her here or there. I don't care. But I just think like it's. It just makes me laugh. She's like, shake it off. I'm like, girl, I didn't even know about your problems until you told me, bitch. I don't know your life, you know. And yet I'm like, everywhere I go, everything I know about this person is like against my will. It's like forced onto my consciousness, and they just go from like rich to richer. Now they're neighbors with Martha Stewart. Next they're gonna like move into Buckingham Palace. They're so rich, and I'm just like, good for yeah. you moon jupiter person good for you, you know? <laughs> so you could just kind of like roll with the punches of life and just do well in that sense okay i just want to mention as well the eclipse would you believe it i said it was 25 degrees of scorpio you have mercury 24 degrees of scorpio and um, you're going to hear the phrase like mercury retrograde quite a bit in your lifetime he tends to go retrograde like three four times a year if you're listeners are listening and they said hey i have that planet retrograde in my chart great when like you have mercury retrograde when mercury is retrograde and everyone's kind of like scrambling and disorganized you have an advantage over everyone you can kind of like quantum leap over your to-do list and leave everybody in the dust for a hot minute because they have the advantage the rest of the year so that's really good and that eclipse was one degree away from your mercury which has to do with okay like health wise uh the nervous system the gums, your hands, arms, lungs. Okay, so you want to look out for those things. The other thing too is, so you want to floss when you get off this call. <laughs> and then um, communication, you know, uh, managing your finances has to do with friends and siblings. So if you have siblings, if you're not cool with them, go make peace with them. If you're cool with them, just go see how they're doing. Things like that. So it's very interesting. I'm cool with all of them except Ben. So we should probably patch that up. Ben. <laughs> Are we good now? Good shake. Uh, on. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and so uh entertainment, fun, you know, uh children is really important for you for the next six months, and vitality, like maybe taking enough rest if you need it, finding something that's just kind of like for you, enjoying yourself. If your birth time's right, it's also on an axis of speculative wealth. So it seems like all three of you have something happening in the money zone for 2020. So closer to the end of the year, the better it is. I would literally place it like very, I think 28th of October onwards, like very late in the year. So that's why I said to Ben, like maybe around Christmas, it'll like even out. So just give it some time afterwards. So hopefully you come into some, even, I don't care what astrology says. I want you all to prosper. So we'll just speak that as though it already happened. There we go. I work in the mortgage industry. So wish the market luck. Yeah. Okay, we will do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So wait, what was my moon sign though? Did you say that? I don't remember. Pisces. Oh, yeah. okay. My kid's a Pisces. What's a Pisces? I said my my son is a Pisces. Perfect. So basically, like in, and actually your Mars is Aquarius. So you you can see like in synastry, like how people get along with each other. When you have like a personal planet, personal planets touching, it's really, really magnetic. So sun on, uh, so your sun's sun is on your moon sign and your Jupiter sign, which is really, really nice. It can offer a sense of understanding or that like, you know, you feel supported by each other and Jupiter there is just very lucky. It's generally good. And you can get people who agree in a lot of things like values. Okay. So morals, that's really, really nice. So Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. That was awesome. That's I didn't so expect cool. to do a live reading, but that's a great <laughs> for uh, a conversation. 
Uh, before we get out of here, tell everybody yeah. where they can find you. And I mean, I have your info up on the screen there, but for the audio listeners, tell them. Uh, do you cool. do, so you do readings for people though? Is that? Yes. Yes, I do. I, okay. So right now I only have like a full hour, a half hour or a spouse description reading, which I just explained someone's oh, capacity. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Sorry. No, it's okay. And then, um, I can do other things like synastry is really important or like a simple career reading. But for that, it's best the person just email me and tell me what they want. And then I will like organize a custom reading. So you can email me at gurugritinfo at gmail.com. I'm on Big Cartel under Guru Grit where my readings are listed. I also have an Etsy store that I'm closing. My readings have been taken down from there, but I do sell metaphysical vintage books. So you can go read some reviews on there if you'd like and let me know what you think. If you like Edgar Casey, I've got some of his. And apart from that, just feel free to like DM me on Instagram under Guru Grit. Say hi. I might have wares that you're looking for. Who knows? Who knows? That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, everybody in the chat, everybody uh, on audio. We will catch you next time. Well, actually, we have Plant Retard at 5, so we'll see you in about 45 minutes. But thank everyone you. else, we'll see you next week. Thank thanks, you Monica, for having me. Thank you to your listeners. Thank you all. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.